Let's pray. Precious Father, we just thank you for your goodness, your greatness, and your love. And Lord, I just ask your Holy Spirit into this place. Fill us, Lord. Um, just help me with my voice, Lord, to keep it strong as I preach your word, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. But the good news is, you guys, uh, Romans 5.20, where sin increased, grace increased so much more. I love that verse. It's where there's lots of sin, there's lots of grace. Thank God we got Jesus. Okay. Today I'm going to talk about John 8. And you guys all know this story, and I sure hope you do. It's about the woman caught in adultery. It was just really on my heart to speak about this. Um, Just a very good story. Hopefully I can bring out some different things that you've never heard. And if you have heard them, it's a good reminder, right? Amen? Amen. Okay, so John 8, 1 through 11, and can I have somebody help me read that? Dave, would you like to read that? Um, eight, John 8, 1 through 11. Jesus get... returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning he went back again at the temple. The crowd soon gathered and he sat down and taught them. As he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and Pharisees brought a woman they had caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, stone her. So let those who have sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one, beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to her, Where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, Neither do I. Go and sin no more. Okay, so that's our story. So what we're going to do today is we're going to look at what the woman was thinking, what the Pharisees were thinking and doing, what the people were thinking and doing, and what Jesus was thinking of doing, and the disciples also. So, okay, so what do we know about the woman? She's like us. No, Eric, she's like you. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. Uh, well, we know she was caught in a sinful act. She was called an adulteress. She was scared, she was frightened, she was held as a prisoner. I mean, could you imagine being her, dragged out there? She was betrayed, she was an outcast, she was Jewish, she was called a sinner, probably a prostitute, and she was caught, she was persecuted by those who were even more guilty than she was. But can you just, you know, kind of picture it. Here Jesus is teaching the people, a lot of people there, and they bring in this woman. Now, I read some commentaries, and they suggested that she could have been naked. Um, 
We don't know. I'm assuming they threw something at her like a blanket or whatever. But we can only imagine what happened. Uh, but just, just grasp that for a while, of what she must have felt like to be put in front of all those people. I mean, just devastating. Okay, so let's take a look at the Pharisees. So, uh, and they said, and the teachers of the law. So what do we know about the Pharisees? Anybody want to say? What do we know about the Pharisees? Legalistics, yes. What did you say, Eric? Very judgmental. Well, of course, they interrupted Jesus while he was teaching. They set up a snare using the woman to trap Jesus because they didn't like Jesus. They didn't care about the woman, and they didn't care about Jesus. Okay? Now, if you go to Matthew 23, there's seven woes in, the, in Matthew. And Jesus is talking about the Pharisees and the teachers of the law. Can you guys all hear me? Okay. Um, so Matthew 23, we're not going to read it today, but I encourage you guys to go home and read it today, tonight. Uh, Jesus, he just really laid into those Pharisees. I mean, he just... Uh, I'll just read some of them. They're very legalistic. They kept the letter of the law, but not the spirit of it. That's verse 2 and 3. They had very unbelieving hearts. Verse 13. Gave their own interpretations of the law and led people astray. That's verses 13 and 15. They were more concerned with small details than with justice, mercy, and faithfulness. That's verse 23. So they were just mean. They had hard and greedy hearts, verse 25. They were unforgiving, verse 26 and verse 27. Very jealous of Jesus, and they hated him, verse 28. And they were, and they were not accepted by Jesus. Jesus did not care for them either. And you go to verse 33, he called them snakes and brood of vipers. So he just let them have it. Um, they did get convicted by their own conscience during this time when they brought the woman, but that didn't change their lifestyle. Okay, kind of reminds you of Congress, doesn't it? Can you watch Congress? Or just They're more about themselves instead of us as the people. They're just so into themselves. Okay, let's go to the people. So there was people there, probably some Gentiles. Gentiles are us, probably Jewish people. So what were they thinking? I mean, they probably stood there and went, what? (laughs) I mean, wouldn't you think, oh, my goodness? Okay, so if you go to John 7, the people are kind of talking there amongst themselves in John 7. His own brothers did not believe in him. That's verse 3. So his own brothers, his own kin. Some hated him, verse 7. Some loved him, verse 12. Some said he deceives people. That's in verse 12 too. They were amazed at his wisdom and his knowledge. That's verse 15. I think we should all go downstairs. They're rocking it. 
Some thought he was demon-possessed. Verse 20, that's, this is all chapter 7, John's chapter 7. Some wanted to be healed. Verse 21, some put their faith in him. Verse 31, some thought he was a prophet. Verse 40, some thought he was the Christ. Verse 41, just some, not all of them. Some were divided. They didn't know what, what to think. That was verse 43. Some wanted to seize him. That's verse 44. Some just wanted to be fed, and that's in all the Gospels. They were just hungry. He was the first welfare. He ended all welfare, and it started there. And they just followed him for, for food. Okay, some were Democrats and some were Republicans. Right? <laughs> right now, I'm just a follower of Christ. <laughs> Amen. Okay, let's look at the disciples. I mean, what did they think? Because they were with Jesus all the time, and they brought in this woman <laughs> with very little clothes on, threw her probably right in the middle of everyone. I mean, I'm sure they thought, okay, glad Jesus is here. Right? Glad he's got this one. Wow. Okay, the disciples, I'm just going to jump all over here with this one. They thought he was the Messiah. That's in John 1, 41. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. Can you guys still hear me? Getting weaker. Okay, some believed that he was the son of God. John 1, 49, then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So they knew, okay? They believed he was the one Moses wrote about in the law. That's in John 1, 45. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote. Okay? Okay. I'm so thankful I have this voice thing and that I don't have cancer. Amen? Even though it's a pain, especially when I teach, I preach. Let me tell you, but God is good. Okay, they were surprised at many of the things he said and done. John four twenty seven. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a Samaritan woman. Remember? They were like, okay. Not supposed to talk to Samaritans, especially not a woman. Okay. Sometimes they were very terrified. That's in John six nineteen. When they had rode rowed out three miles, they saw Jesus approaching the boat walking on the water, and they were what? Terrified. <laughs> I think I would have been too. Terrified. Okay. They followed him for around three years. Matthew nineteen twenty seven. Jesus answered him, we have left everything to follow you. Okay. At times they wanted to change Jesus' mind. That's in Matthew sixteen twenty two. Peter took Jesus aside and rebuked him. Never, Lord, this shall not happen to you. So, sometimes we, we do that, don't we? We try to change his mind. 
At times they had very little faith. Matthew 17, 20, Jesus replied, because you have such little faith. Remember when he said that? Uh, they obeyed Jesus, Matthew 21, 6. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. So they were very close to Jesus, the 12. Okay, they argued among themselves. Never. <laughs> we never argue among ourselves, do we? That's in Luke 9, 46. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Remember that? And then they seen Jesus perform many, many miracles. That's in all four Gospels. And they seen Jesus cry, John eleven thirty five, And they seen Jesus raise many people from the dead. So, there shouldn't have been any mind, you know, doubt in their mind standing there. I'm sure they just thought, Jesus got this. He's got this. Okay, one thing I love about Jesus I just read this in the Charisma. I get emails from Charisma, and it says, Jesus has nothing to hide, he has nothing to prove, and he has nothing to fear. Nothing to hide, nothing to prove, nothing to fear, and that's the way we should walk in our walk with Jesus. Fear gets me every time. It's like, what if I do faint? <laughs> What if I can't get out any words? Because sometimes I can't. And my husband smiles. No, he's pretty good, actually. Okay, so let's talk about Jesus here. What do you think Jesus was thinking? King of kings, Lord of lords. They brought in this woman. Wow. Okay, he knew what the woman was thinking. He knew what the Pharisees were thinking. He knew what the people were thinking. He knew what the disciples were thinking. Thank you. He knew what the woman was thinking. And he knew what he knows what God the Father was thinking. He was not caught off guard. I don't know why when things happen to us, we always are so caught off guard. Why is that? We just have so much going on in our lives with work and family and church and neighbors. But he's never caught off guard. He remained calm. He was slow to speak. He avoided the snare which they laid out for him. He was very approachable. He came to give his life. Amen. He is very merciful. He wants to restore the woman to a right relationship with, with the Lord, with God. He offers the woman an opportunity for salvation at the end. Amen? And he was working on the woman's behalf because he's, he's our intercessor. He's an intercessor. Praise the Lord. He's a creator of heaven and earth. He came not to set aside the law, but to fulfill it. Most importantly, he can forgive sin. Sometimes we forget about that, don't we? When we come to him, we just carry it and we carry it and we carry it instead of giving it to him, forgetting that he's forgiven us and he is sinless. 
He's sinless. What an amazing God. Okay, so let's touch base on... Everybody hold up your finger. Right-handed, left-handed. What do you do with that finger? What do you do with his finger? He wrote on the ground. Not once, but twice. Where else in the Bible did he write with his finger? What? Ten Commandments. Well, there's one in Daniel. Let's touch on that one first. Daniel 5.25, where the wicked king from Babylonian brought in the sacred temple cups and all that stuff that were very sacred to God. And they started drinking and getting drunk with them. And the handwriting appeared on the wall, the hand. So a finger wrote it, right? Okay. The next one is, Eric is right. He's just on the ball today. But also, let's look at Genesis 1.1. What does it say in Genesis 1.1? God created. Yes, and if you look up God in Hebrew, it's Elohim. You guys say Elohim? Which means means three in Hebrew. So who was the three that were there? God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay? So, let's go to Exodus 31.18. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony. The tablets of stone was inscribed by the finger of God. Okay? The finger of God. So I looked up the meaning of God there. In Hebrew, same thing. means Elohim. So Jesus was there writing the Ten Commandments with God. Okay? Deuteronomy 9.10, the Lord gave me two stone tablets inscribed by the finger of God. And I looked up that one in Hebrew, and it also means Elohim, which means three. So the three were there. Now one thing I want you guys to know I mean, what do you think he wrote in, in the ground with his finger? Any ideas? Just throw something out there. What do you think he wrote? Dave, anything? What do you think? Go home. Go home? <laughs> you brood of vipers. <laughs> Go home now. Well, I think he wrote grace. I think he wrote G-R-O-C-A-C-E. Can't even spell it. I think he wrote grace. You know why? Because right there and then, you guys, the law and grace hit head on him, head on head. I mean, it was like a Law, Pharisees were the law, Jesus was grace. 
And when it hit, who won? Grace. Aren't you thankful that grace won? That Jesus has so much grace on us? See, the law was given by Moses, and grace was given by Jesus. Okay? The law and truth came by Moses. The grace and truth came from Jesus. The law says condemn, but grace says freedom. There's a catch to the freedom, guys. It's called repentance. We have to repent. Just not, you know, we just can't always, because we're sinners. So to get that freedom, we have to repent. Okay? So I want you guys to think about this now. Are you more like the woman? Always feeling guilty about something? Are you more like the Pharisees? Being hard on people? Sometimes I'm like that. I don't know why, but... It's like, okay, I'm tired of your... Oof. I mean, especially when you're a pastor. I mean, it just drains you. It's like they don't listen to you. You know, stay out of the bar. <laughs> it's like that. Okay. So how about, are you more like the people? Divided. I like him. I like him when he heals me. I like him when he feeds me. Or are you more like the disciples? Just think about that for a minute. Or are you more like Jesus? Forgiving, full of grace and love. Grace won the battle, my friends. I'm so thankful Grace won the battle. So, so thankful. So Jesus says to her, Hath no man condemned thee? And she says, No man, my Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn you. Then go and sin no more. Now, chapter 8 actually is not in the old manuscripts. Because if you look in your Bible, it says right there, so they debate. They have debated over this for years. Why that wasn't in there. But once upon a time, it must have been. So some of them got together and put it back in. And they don't know if it's because they thought Jesus should have never said, go and sin no more, saying it's okay to be a prostitute, it's okay to commit adultery. You know what I'm saying? But we're not sure. But whatever the reasons are, I'm thankful that they put it back in because it's one of my favorite stories. So the one thing is she didn't flee, you guys. She kept in his presence. She stayed there in his presence. And that's what we need to do as Christians. We need to stay in his presence longer. And we're so busy. This year, we are so busy. And I even quit at working at the drugstore because I'm full-time uh, children's minister. And I'm more busier now than I ever was before. 
Maybe I'm getting slower because I'm getting older. That could be. I mean, I don't know. Okay, Romans 6.14, you guys, this is such an important verse. Romans 6.14, I'll let you get there. 6.14. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under the law, but under grace. For sin shall not be your master, because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. Amen. Can we get some amens? Amen. Amen. Okay. You know, she was given a choice by Jesus, you guys. She was accepted by Jesus, but she didn't accept his sin. Remember that. She was saved from the power of sin. She was saved from the condemnation of the law. She was saved from the accusation saved from the accusations of men, and she stayed in his presence after everyone left. So that's what we have to remember to do. You guys, I don't know what's going on in your lives. I don't know if you're having trouble with your spouse, marriage issues. I don't know if it's at work with your coworkers. I don't know if it's with your parents, children. Grandchildren, there's just so much worry, and we're so burdened. So let's just pray, you guys. Let's just go to the Lord in prayer. First of all, I just want you guys to pray for yourselves to repent of anything, because God's judgment's coming, you Lord, you guys. His judgment's coming, so we have to be right with him. We have to be right with him. As in the days of Noah, when they sh- he shut that door, people were coming, screaming, trying to get in. It's going to be too late. Our job is to get people saved because we do not have much time. It's more urgent today than ever, ever before, you guys. Precious Father, we just come before you and we are so thankful for your plan of salvation, for giving us your Son and your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Yeshua, for leaving the riches riches of heaven. And you came here to write in the dust for us, to write on the wall, to remind us, to write on the Ten Commandments, to remind us. But you did not abolish the Ten Commandments. You did not abolish the law. You just added grace. Thank you for your grace, Jesus. And Holy Ghost, we thank you that we have you to prod us, to prick us, to comfort us for conviction. Holy Spirit, help us to get many people saved. There's just so many that are lost. Lord, we pray for this country. Lord, we stand. Just give us wisdom, discernment, and knowledge. 
in these last days, what to do and how to do it. Lord, I, I pray healing over this church. It's not so easy to get a new pastor. Lord, I just pray that they'll have patience with him and his family, that they'll love on him because he's been chosen by God. He's been chosen by you, Lord. Just keep him in unity, Lord. Let there be love. Let there be forgiveness, healing in marriages, healings in families, healings with your neighbors, our neighbors. Lord, we just thank you that we are your children. We're just, we just give you the praise and the honor. And in your name we pray. And everyone said, hey, I'm going to quit. <laughs> thanks for having me, and thanks for being patient with me. And just remember, you guys, we don't, we don't have much time. Um, and remember to rest your land. You know why they took, why God took Israel into bondage for 40 years? You know why? Because they didn't last, they did not rest the land. For 40 years, the Israelites did not rest the land. So it's very, very important to God. And even that, that we keep the Sabbath day, keep, don't go out and bail today. <laughs> By the way, Elgin had like five inches of rain. It rained, it rained, it rained. God is good. Okay. Peace be with you. Amen.